Hi, friends. Thank you so much for joining us for the Jesus Plus Life podcast. Each week, guests will ask questions to author and pastor Sonny Hennessy about life, Jesus, and where they intersect. We're so happy to be able to come alongside you in your Jesus journey. If you want to watch instead of listen, follow Jesus Plus Life on IGTV. Otherwise, keep listening as we start up this week's conversation, as always, with a question. So I'm going to change the subject a little bit because I want to talk a little bit about um, self, self-help self versus self-care. Mm, that's because um, right now, self-help is like the big like fad right now, yes. right? And has been probably for a decade. Right, and right. It's but it's now. Feel like, bigger I feel now. like it's uh-huh. getting bigger and bigger now. And I have friends that are like all about the self-help thing who are Jesus people, but it's so hard to, I, I don't know. How, how, how do you approach um, the self-help versus self-care thing and the fact that all of these, you know, there's all these conferences now. What do you do when you look for um, new books, new Jesus books, you mm-hmm. know, um, because it is important to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we um, differentiate coming from a self, self-help versus self-care? I love that you brought it up and I've never thought of it or heard it posed that way. Self-help versus self-care, uh, one is not possible and one is possible. Self-care is possible. We can learn to care for ourselves, And the Bible gives us direction on what that looks like. Self-help is not possible. I cannot help myself. God can help me. Right. But whenever I try to step outside of Jesus' help and I get other people's advice or I try to come up with my own thoughts apart from the Bible and Jesus, I'm not going to help myself. And that's why self-help keeps getting bigger because, well, that one didn't work. Just like I think cookbooks and diets continue to get larger on the bookshelf because if there's still a bookshelf, I mean, you go to Barnes & Noble all the time, there's still bookshelves. But, and social media probably is what's blowing up the whole self-help thing and the self-care thing more and more and it's in our face. Self-help is something that is pointing out, oh, I can figure this out. I read this book, I can help myself. And I think you can have great supplemental reading, but it needs to be about how to uh, maybe understand the Bible or the way of Jesus to learn how to do good self-care. And right. the Bible will help us. So right. that's all we need. Yeah. Some people get overwhelmed though, like the Bible and I don't know, it's so confusing. And, and and I think that if we go to authors who aren't just like, oh yeah, I was raised this way or I, I'm a Christian or I've been a Christian. That's not enough. Like we have to research the authors. If I'm reading a book, it has to be uh, really researched, not by my friends, because I can put out there all day long. Here's my stack of books. What else is a good summer read? Right. And I get some crazy stuff. Like, sorry, I'm not looking for a dark horror novel, right. but I'm also not looking for an author who halfway claims Jesus and halfway just thinks she's the guru. Right. That is not okay either. Yeah. So self-care versus self-help, one is not possible. I will never help myself. That's why I have to go to Jesus first. He goes, Sunny, this is how I'm going to help you. And there's some things you need to do that are going to create self-care routines so that you can have your affection stirred for me and more of me. So kind of sticking with the self-help versus self-care. So I have a friend who went through this big traumatic life experience and I feel like she has kind of turned to 
this self-help, you know, um, vision and, you know, this whole thing has kind of sucked her in. Mm -hmm. And I never comment on things. I never am like, you know, you really shouldn't probably be reading this book or blah, 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 blah. Um, because I don't want it to kind of discourage her because I feel like she's kind of using that mm -hmm. as her like, this is what's helped me. This is what got mm -hmm. me out of that type of thing. What would you say to her in that circumstance? Well, I think always talking to someone through a relationship is better. Always right. talking to someone through a text privately or a call mm -hmm. or a Marco Polo or a Voxer, whatever <clears throat> we do, is always going to be more effective than a comment on the feed because then you invite all kinds of other opinions and right. rebuttals. Right. And here's the thing that I always have to remember is that people will respond negatively to truth, not because they're evil, but right. because our flesh resists truth. So you could put truth in the feed and you will have more comments on that than people who were given, oh, my new favorite show, Walking Dead, Stranger Things, Game of Thrones. Nobody will say a thing. Right. You put, oh, I've just started only watching the Bible Project videos. Oh, there'd be so much hate or right. at least like, oh, judgment. So I think it's always better in a closed communication or face-to-face, -face, but in a relationship for you to say um, to her, maybe text her because she lives not in town. Right. And just say, hey, I noticed some of the books. I have some suggestions. I'd even send you one if you want. And then maybe that opens it up. It's not saying I have some stuff instead of that. I also right. have some things I can send you. And you're putting the effort. So it's not like I'm just going to give my opinion and I'm out. But it's I'll put some effort towards this. Yeah, yeah. And I think if they got to talking. There's, been a, there's a real famous popular book right now. And then a second one followed it up. And I've had people text me the cover and say, what do you think about this book? in this author. And I've said, uh, I know enough to know that it sounds good and it's very tickling and pleasing to the ear. It's very relatable. Mm -hmm. And then it, and then once you're in it, I've had people who are good Jesus people with solid foundations say, I was hanging with it. And then at the end I went, wait, that sounds, that doesn't sound like the Bible. That doesn't sound like the right advice. That sounds yeah. like that's actually not truth. And so then I can say what I've heard is that that can kind of go awry. And maybe then through the third conversation, you're able to share that with right. your friend about particular groups on what you've heard, what you've read. Yeah. I'm not willing to actually just go read all the crazy stuff out there. So I have a book review on it. Oh, I don't good. even want that's that good. in me. Right. Some people feel obligated. Well, like that's popular right now. So maybe I should watch that whole series right. or that's popular right, right now. So maybe I should read that book. Sean and I, back in the day, were youth pastors in Memphis and our kids were so crazy about Blair Witch, the Blair Witch Project. But we had sworn off horror movies because we felt mm. convicted about it. Yeah. We're like, why would we want to be used by God as pastors to speak life into people? Mm -hmm. But then we're inserting darkness, evil, mm -hmm. nasty, fear even. Mm -hmm. And so we made that a standard for us. We didn't make everybody use that standard, but our kids in the youth ministry were going to the Blair Witch Project. So Shauna and I, over the course of months, would go into the video store when there was more than family video out there, <laughs> Blockbuster and all that. And we'd come out and say, I didn't rent it. I wanted to, they had a ton of them. And the next yeah. time the other one would come out. I almost rented it. I didn't. We were totally keeping each other accountable, but totally interested. Yeah. And one night we gave in. We watched the Blair Witch Project. 
We were so scared when we shut it off. And it's not just because it was scary, although it was, it was because we walked out from under what God told us to do. Mm-hmm. And we just went to do out of research. Right, exactly. We got into it. Yeah. And we were so scared. Neither of us wanted to get up to turn the lights on and go to bed. We did we did end up finally getting to bed, praying over our house. And we were like, oh, Jesus, help us. We're so scared. And then, then he woke up to me the next morning or early morning, punching the air, trying to mutter, but my mouth wouldn't open enough. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I had a, a such a demonic dream and such a pressure on my chest that I felt yeah. like I was being pinned to the bed. Yeah. And it's that we open that crack yeah. in our home. Yeah. You know, if you have kids, you open it to your kids. And, and on a smaller level, these self-help and these just non-Jesus things, they open you to this universal thing mm-hmm. that people think that is a crack. It might not be evil horror movies, but it's not truth. And I think that that's where Satan goes in the subtle. It's helpful right? when really it can forever shift the direction of truth and Jesus in your life. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Jesus Plus Life podcast. If you want to keep getting these life-giving conversations, make sure you subscribe wherever you like to listen so you can keep getting these episodes every Tuesday morning. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or share us with someone who may be asking these same questions. It really does help spread awareness of the podcast and helps those searching for answers. Do you have any questions you want to ask Sunny yourself? Or maybe you want to share your own Jesus Plus Life story. We will do future episodes where Sunny will answer listener questions and stories, so we'd love to hear from you. To share, send us a message on Instagram at Jesus Plus Life. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.